Welcome to TuneIn YRDSB, inspiring learning through storytelling. Hello and welcome to TuneIn YRDSB. My name is Alia Balu. I am a teacher at Phoebe Gilman Public School. And I'm Sultan Rana, a digital literacy consultant with York Region District School Board. October is Islamic Heritage Month, and we are very pleased today to join you for a conversation about some of the experiences of Muslim students, staff, and families within York Region District School Board, and the importance of creating identity-affirming spaces in our schools and workplaces. We are very pleased to welcome some students onto the podcast today from Phoebe Gilman Public School and we'll ask them to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Alea and I'm in grade eight. Hi, my name is Eliza and I'm also in grade eight. Awesome. All right, so uh, in having this podcast, we hope listeners can easily Google or Wikipedia what Islamic Heritage Month is, but really what's most important is hearing from our York Region students. So to our guests, uh, let, let me ask you this question. So when you think of your life in public school, from kindergarten to now, you're both in eighth grade. What impact does being Muslim have on your experience as a student? You know, and just to give you some something to work with, you know, did it in your kindergarten to grade eight experience make you ever feel special, unique, sometimes maybe feeling left out, something you could see getting brought up in your class or by your teachers? You know, like what are your thoughts? What is what have been your experiences as being a Muslim in you know, the York Region school system? Well, for us, something that makes us feel left out is during the month of Ramadan, we are fasting and everyone around us is eating and drinking, but we can't do anything about it because we have to sit in our class not being able to leave. There is a time when we are able to go so we don't see anyone eating, but it's very quiet and there's nothing to do there. It's awkward because we are in a room filled with other people we do not know. Other than that, most of the time, we feel special to have a unique religion that some people are really interested in learning. Thank you for that. So, you know, when it comes to as an educator in the system, I know when these months come around, Islamic Heritage Month, Jewish Heritage Month, you know, uh, these identity affirming months, you know, the libraries get filled with books and there's always announcements talking about Ramadan acknowledgments and things like that. And I guess really outside of that, because, you know, those are photocopies that go out to offices and, and to libraries. You know, what do you feel schools could do beyond that? What do you feel school, schools could do to have you both and other students feel seen as a Muslim? What do you think would be like a a moment for you where you're like, wow, that was an awesome way to include me being Muslim sort of moment in schools. What could happen beyond seeing the books and the hearing the announcements? So from two years ago, there was rarely recognition. Now from this year, there is a lot of recognition about Islamic Heritage Month and Muslims. Islamic Heritage Month feels more special to me now because the school is teaching other students about Islamic Heritage Month hanging up posters and artifacts in the display cabinet, and we're very grateful. Some things that has changed over the school year is that they have become more inclusive in a way where every Muslim feels more recognized and has a special place in this school. For teachers to teach students to respect others who celebrate Ramadan and who decide to fast, 
They also should teach students to not ask disrespectful questions on purpose. When teachers hand out any ingredients that include pork, they don't understand that we cannot have that because it's not allowed in our religion. But we are very happy people do respect us. Awesome job, girls. Thank you so much for your honesty and great responses. So to our listeners, that uh, first half, we wanted to hear student voice, authentic student experiences. And now we're going to take it to the educator and the, the parent and family experience uh, for what this month means to us. So uh, Alia and myself, Sultan, are going to just pose some questions to, to one another. And we're going to speak from the lens of both being educators and people a part of families. Yeah, parents, caregivers. Um, so I'll ask Alia the first question, and then I guess, Alia, you can ask me the second question. That makes sense. Um, so uh, Alia, Ms. Balu, like, wh- what do you wish for educators, or what do you wish of educators to know or think about when it comes to pedagogy, the way we teach, and identity affirmation for Muslim students? Um, well, I want to start off by just kind of explaining, you know, Islam is a very diverse religion in and of itself. And there's various beliefs and practices that different sects of Muslims practice. So that kind of brings us back to that opportunity to talk and communicate with families and parents and really get a deeper understanding of what their beliefs are and how we as educators can best accommodate those students within our classroom spaces and help them feel that sense of belonging and a representation of their identity. Connecting with parents allows us to understand those individuals on that individual need. Putting up you know, campaigns and awareness campaigns, that's really important as well for both administrators and students to organize, right? Um, it shouldn't solely depend on uh, the equity leads in the buildings. It should be a collective effort within the entire school. And when we bring up these types of opportunities, we launch awareness campaigns to understand and dispel the misconceptions about Islam and Muslims in a broader school community. We can do things like classroom activities where teachers may educate students about Islamic history through the interactive lessons. Um, pulling up this podcast also would be a great opportunity to bring back into the classroom spaces and and trigger that communication and, and that open dialogue within our classroom that maybe we wouldn't have the opportunity to do without such resources available to us. Teachers should really intentionally plan in accordance to the students that they have within their classrooms. And students, you know, what we hear from students is that they don't want their religion to be seen as a burden or an afterthought, right? So we can't have a snack today because it's Ramadan and we have students fasting, right? Why even put those students in those types of situations? And I think that's really something that we need to kind of put to our forefront of our planning. You know, it's unfortunate that we still hear joking and mockery around religious beliefs and practices. And that really does make students and teachers feel uncomfortable and may not have those meaningful conversations because of that uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, what really resonates with with me with your answer is, is just that Muslims are not a monolith. You know what I mean? Like as the father of two young kids... A lot of people will have stereotypes of, of Muslim families as being, you know, very orthodox or overly strict. And, and you know, some teachers make the assumptions that my family would have some conditions about my child participating in Halloween. But the way my family rolls is we throw down for Halloween. We have a good time. And my kids, you know, my daughter is dressing up 
as Jan Jackson from Rhythm Nation. So like it's we're we're really having we're having a good time. But that's not to speak to other families, Muslim and non-Muslim, that may have issues with with that holiday, right? So just this idea, not just this is what's good for some is always good for all. Get to know your families. And it'd be nice if you got to know Muslim families too. So I feel you on that. For me, you know, and a lot of people who who do know me in the profession, it's it's about you know, being critical about what you're doing, you know, the holidays and celebrations and samosas and all, you know, the dressing up thing. There's a time and a place for it. And it's good if it's that's your starting point. But don't let that be your destination. You know, the the Muslim experience, we go beyond a religion. Islam informed much of what we do with mathematics, astrology, science in the public school system. We cover those topics in school, but mentioning how they're close to or informed by Muslim ways of thinking or the Muslim world uh, is always left out. You know, the first hospital was created in Iraq. The first university was created in Timbuktu by a Muslim female. Like these, these are bedrocks of our society. The first person to flight was a Muslim person, but yet we still focus on the right brothers. brothers. Exactly. (laughs) So it's, it's just about, you know, not being erased from what's already happening. And, you know, we call the numeral system that we use Arabic, Arabic numerals, right? So it's, it's all sort of linked. So the, the, the sphere or the world that embraces or takes from the Muslim ethos just needs to be acknowledged. Just put a little tag on there and be like, yep, that came from a Muslim. And that even that makes identity affirmation that much easier and that much more kind of um, fluid and not like an add-on. Awesome. Thank you, Sofan. That was great. Um, the next part, which we kind of talked a little bit about, but as a Muslim Canadian parent, what do we want for our children? Story time. So I was at dinner with my mom and my mom, you know, bless her. She's a, she's an amazing businesswoman in her 70s, came to Canada in 1974 And she had my brother, who's seven years older than me, and he grew up in the 80s and then had me, and I grew up in the 90s. And my brother's experience was very different from mine. He dealt with a lot of of strife, a lot of racism, and so did my parents, being pharmacists in Canada in the 80s and 70s. And the experience for a lot of immigrants and, and new Canadians, be it you come through refugee status or immigration status, it's always just to get by. It's always just to be okay, just to survive and make money. So one day we're having dinner and it was myself, my brother, his two kids who were nine years, one of his kids were nine years old. And my brother is broaching a, a topic with me because I'm an educator and my brother's a lawyer by trade. And he's, he asked me, he's like, you know, can a teacher write certain comments on a test to a student that make them feel bad about themselves? Can a teacher uh, withhold things like like punish a student by withholding them from phys ed because they misbehaved in in line uh you know in the lineup i was just and i I broke it down to him I'm like no and it wasn't just how i felt i was able to show him things from like the growing success document all these things i'm like these things can't happen and he was saying he's like yeah you know my my son was doing hockey stretches because he's a hockey player hockey stretches in the line and when he was doing some exercises with arms he hit a kid and the teacher just immediately like accused him of being violent and pulled him out of gym and all these things. 
obviously in my brain as a concerned uncle and as an educator my brain's going to a couple places i'm like oh that might be you know the teacher might have something against the student it might there might be issues with race there might be issues with religion there whatever but the moment I was about to take oxygen and tell my brother what he can do to advocate for his son. My mom immediately put her hand on both of our hands and I was like, oh, no, beta, don't make don't make fuss. Just do what the teacher says. It's OK. It's fine. Like, let's let's just not make trouble. And, you know, just to let you know what the dynamics were. My mother is the only person born out of Canada at that table. I was born in Canada. My brother was born in Canada. My uh, my nephew was born in Canada. You have two generations of Canadian Muslims there still being coached and told to just blend in. Just don't make trouble. Just get by. And that kind of, I don't want that. You know, like when people treat us like we have to just get by and we're treated like we're, we're perpetual visitors in a land that we only know, that we don't know any different from. We were born and raised here. Why do we have to be treated? Why do we have to act like we're guests here? This is our home. Like, why are we not wholly embraced and treated with the same dignity that somebody who has two, three generations uh, in this in this country also gets to have the luxury of to just be like, this is my home. Why can't Muslims who wear hijab, who have large beards, who dress a certain way, who have no other place to be born but in Canada, not get treated with the same dignity? So I share that story to, and I, I you know, and with the calm care and love that I would treat my 70 year old mother with I told her and I held her hand and go no ma we're not doing this anymore I understand why you did it I understand why you felt like you had to survive you were new to the country it was scary but we don't know anything else this is our home and we're not putting up with it so what I want for our kids is to not have our parents and our grandparents whether you are new Canadian or not I do not do not want our parents holding our hands and saying Please, Beta, don't make trouble. But sorry, for all those who are listening, Beta means my child, my sweetheart in, in uh, Urdu and Punjabi. I don't want our parents holding our hands saying, please don't make trouble. Let's just get by. No, let's not just get by. Let's be Canadians and get treated with the same dignity and respect any Canadian could expect of themselves. That's what I want. Okay, I'm going to add on a little Absolutely. bit. Is that okay, Sultan? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to go on diatribe. No, you're sorry, good. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> For me as an educator, with my educator hat on and still kind of in the classroom space, I think cultural and religious pride is really important, right? As, Cana as Muslim Canadians, we want our children to appreciate their culture and identity and their heritage and embrace their religious identities. So promoting that pride in their, in their Muslim roots, ethnicity and community can really help them develop a positive self-image and foster that sense of belonging, not only within their classroom, but then will also trickle into society as well. And to achieve this success in both worlds, we really wish our children to find success in both their personal and professional lives. And, and you know, finding that, that balance between fulfilling their worldly responsibilities and then maintaining a strong spiritual connection. They shouldn't feel um, as if they're causing classroom disturbance or a burden to go and exit the classroom to go pray their namaz or their daily prayers. That's mental health. Yeah. That's 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 uh, mindfulness. Yeah. That's their form of mindfulness. That is the way I take care of my mind is <laughs> is when I go home and I I talk to my Lord, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that balance is really crucial. And as we strive to raise well-rounded individuals who excel in their chosen fields, while being mindful to their obligations to their Lord, Allah, and their society. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's really important. I share very similar, I guess, heritage, if you want to call it, with Sultan. My mom came here in grade eight in the 1970s, early 70s. After, um, you know, same thing, coming here as a refugee status. And, you know, even the trials and tribulations that I face right now till this day, and I go home and I take that information um, and those experiences back to my parents, guess what they tell me, Sultan? Beta, don't make trouble. Weren't you better off in the bank? Okay, <laughs> oh. so wow. it's, it's yeah, and, and I think that's what we really need to raise this generation knowing is that it's okay. Balu used to work at the bank, everybody. It's okay, to, it's okay to be who you are, and, you know, if we need to make a little bit of noise to get our voices heard, then that's kind of what we need to do, I think, in a way, and, and allowing us this opportunity to share this with, the world, I guess you want to call it, um, really kind of, I'm hoping that this kind of fosters in our minds a little bit mm. and just becomes something that we kind of start to think about. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, thank you, Ms. Balu. Thank you for sharing that. Am I saying your name right? Yes. Okay, awesome. Perfect. Thank you, Sultan. All right. Thank you to our guests, and thank you for who, all who are listening. Uh, please know you can follow the Alliance for Educators for Muslim Students. Um, it's a group of ed- concerned and, and caring and thoughtful and fun-loving educators um, who are here for the system to help with ideas uh, on what you can do in your classrooms, how we can affirm Muslim identities, and honestly, just bring joy into the inclusion uh, and affirmation of um, you know the the various ways of being Muslim and having Muslim identity in the system. And just to let you know, October twelfth, we have an Islamic Heritage event. Uh, at Pierre Elliott Trudeau. You should all have received an email <laughs> with that information. And you can also follow us at AIMS on social media platforms. Um, and all the information is outlined there. But it is going to be on October 12th at Pierre Elliott Trudeau High School in Markham. Um, and the event is to start from 6 to 8.30. We've got some really great activities for kids. There's face painting, henna artist. Uh, basketball workshops, an art workshop, and we've got amazing dignitaries that are going to be addressing um, the crowd. So it'll be a, it's a really great event that we're putting awesome. together. So yeah, lots nice. of good food, That's of course. We have to feed. Yep. We have to feed because no it's doubt. so good. Um, but yeah, nice. we hope to see a lot of people out there. Yep. And, and for, you know, drawing back to what I was saying about the inventions and stuff, 1001inventions.com is a great website to go to. And uh, we have a, an amazing resource within the GTA. We have the Aga Khan Museum uh, website that has many educator resources as well that you can access uh, and events that acknowledge the multiple sects and differences and the diversities within the Muslim world uh, at, their, at their, both their museum but also digitally online. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, students. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining us for TuneIn YRDSB. Please join us next time to continue the conversation.